0: Welcome everybody to the Boiler Alert Podcast with you as always. I am your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Ryan Bonaparte. And we're back with you, part of the Fans First Sports Network, to cover Saturday's game against the Fighting Illini. But unlike previous podcasts, no guest today from an Illinois podcast. Couldn't get any takers. And in fact, uh, I reached out to a couple different Illinois blogs to do some Q&A on HammerAndRails.com. And uh, no takers on that either. I think they're scared, Ryan. I just think they're scared of us,
1: that or no one wants to touch this game with a ten foot pole.
0: <laughs> That's you know you know you have got um the unfortunate position of you get to watch Purdue versus Illinois on Saturday, uh and then you have to watch the Bears and the Broncos on Sunday, which is going to possibly be one of the worst n f l games
1: over the last few years. I'm going to have blue and orange in my nightmares, no matter what,
0: yeah. Yeah, but man, uh that Bears Broncos game is going to be bad. Uh I just have uh, I just have a very bad feeling about it.
1: Uh well, you know, football is to be played and apparently they they know how to sucker us in cuz I will be there to watch. Yeah, of so. course.
0: Of course. Um you got you got to watch your team even if they're bad. That's that what that's what makes you a good fan, you know.
1: Mhm. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So with no uh, with no guest from Illinois in the podcast today, we're going to do the second half, just Ryan and myself, giving you a little bit of a rundown um, of where Illinois is right now, what they've done on the season, and kind of what we can look forward to on Saturday. But given that it is that time of year, we wanted to spend the first part of the podcast to talk about Purdue basketball. Are you excited, Ryan?
1: <laughs> yes, very much so.
0: Yeah, so... Uh, Purdue basketball started the official practice uh, yesterday, so that would be Tuesday, September 26th. So the day after, or I'm sorry, the day before we're recording this, um, this will come out on Thursday. So what we know is that Zach Eadie sat out of practice yesterday. He had a concussion, or I guess has a concussion. Um, mm. They don't sound worried about it. He should be just fine. Um, but right now it's all about kind of figuring out roles, figuring out who's going to be starting, um, acclimating the new players into the squad. Um, only new additions, obviously, are Lance Jones and Miles Colvin. But, of course, we've got mm-hmm. um, Heidi. Camden Heidi is coming out of a red shirt, so we got to uh, put him back into the, to the team and see how he fits. And then Brian Waddell, of course, uh, showed a real different side of himself in Europe, and he'll be fighting for minutes this year as well. Ryan, just kind of a general question before we get into it. Is there a player or one specific thing you're most looking forward to see see uh, this season for Purdue?
1: Ooh. Um, see, my biggest thing is I think you want to see something you haven't seen in a very long yeah. time. You want to see Zach Eadie get back-to-back national player of the years. I know how incredibly difficult that is. So um, – I think I'm going to just go with getting out of the first round this year <laughs> so
0: you that's good that's good um, I think I'm going with something you said at first you know you always want to see something you haven't seen before so for me mm-hmm. I'm really I'm really excited to see uh, miles Colvin uh, play you yes. know I, I think I'm like a lot of people who follow college basketball I will watch clips of high school players but I don't particularly follow basketball recruiting too heavily Um it's it's a fine line i draw because it's like i don't want to pin my life on the whims of you know 14 15 16 year olds and whether they're going to come to my school or not but you know once they turn 18 and enroll in college then i'll rest my my saturdays and tuesdays and thursdays on them Um, but you know when you're 17 and you're still in high school that's on you um i wait till wait till you actually enroll at purdue before i truly care
1: yeah absolutely um can I also state that I'm excited for Purdue to hopefully get back on the winning ways against Indiana?
0: Yeah, that will be nice. Yeah.
1: So no trace Jackson Davis. So yeah, you know. I mean
0: maybe maybe his brother who plays quarterback is going to walk onto the basketball team. You just never know.
1: Ooh, well that'd be that'd be fun. Quarterback and basketball.
0: Yeah. Um. So. Purdue obviously has a very, very tough schedule, um, non-conference, of course. We go to the Maui, now Honolulu, I guess, Invitational, and just an absolutely loaded field. And so there will be early season challenges, and it's going to be a schedule much like last year's where if Purdue can take care of business, they're going to have a really, really good argument for a very good seed come March. Uh, Because I think the assumption with this team is it's not, will they get into March? It's not, will they make it, um, you know, into the big dance? It's where will they be seated and what kind of pathway can they make to get beyond, you know, the humiliation of last year and reach for that final four that Matt Painter and Purdue fans so desperately are searching for.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's going to be a long path to get there. It always is, especially with the schedule you mentioned, but I think of all teams that Matt Painter has had, this one may look like one of the best poised to break through. Obviously, things change. We don't know how freshmen always uh, turn out or redshirt freshmen either. So, you know, there's always variables. But what we do know that's coming back is you know, a loaded basketball team and hopefully you add more to it and hopefully you add the correct, let's call it balancing skill set that helps Purdue win these, you know, these games that require just that extra little bit of like clutch gene that, you know, not always necessarily there, but, um, that we know we need.
0: Yeah, yeah. Purdue really struggled shooting the ball at times last year, especially in big moments. You you saw it, of course, the biggest moment, the NCAA tournament game um, that we've discussed, you know, ad nauseum. You saw it there, and you hope that with an additional year in the program, guys like Fletcher Lawyer, guys like Braden Smith, will take an additional jump and be able to uh, be more reliable from deep. Um, you want them... You want to know that you can count on them in big games, in big moments, and I, I truly hope they do step up for that this year. Um, one thing is that I think is looming large, hanging over this team, are expectations. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the, the comparison will be made, I'm sure, a million times this year as we watch this Purdue team to the Virginia squad, who was the first team to lose as a number one seed and then came back next year and won the whole thing. And Purdue is, obviously, you look at the preseason rankings anywhere from two to four, I think, in the vast majority of them. And they're returning the National Player of the Year. They've got a highly respected coach in Matt Painter. And the expectations, I think, are going to be higher than they've been ever in the Matt Painter era. And there have been at least two years that that come to mind where expectations were incredibly high. And that was um, the year that the baby boilers were going to be juniors. So that was Robbie Hummel, uh, Etuan Moore, and Jawan Johnson. Their junior year when the team just uh, began to just absolutely gel in the middle of Big Ten season before Robbie Hummel went down. And then there was the... uh, expectations for the very next season after it was announced that Hummel was coming or everybody was coming back and then of course Hummel tears his ACL uh, in the preseason so Mm -hmm. those two years come to mind as far as these could be the years when we break through to the final four Um, there are there have been a couple others you know since Matt Painter um, has been here at Purdue but those two are the ones that jump to mind and I, I I will say this I didn't really believe last year's team was going to make the final four when we started the year. I thought they were going to be good, but not knowing what Braden Smith and Fletcher lawyer were going to bring us, I think tempered my expectations. And I'm much more high on this year's team than I am on last year's. And I, I just, you know, they, they lost so little from last year. I mean, David Jenkins Jr. obviously is gone. We lost um, a couple guys via the transfer portal Um, and and all that but you know what they bring in and what they're gaining will hopefully more than make up for it and I am I'm very high and very sold on this team and to me the expectation obviously saying the expectation is final four is loaded but I think that is the quality of the team that Purdue has and that is what I really hope that
1: yeah and I agree completely um the the thing with having everyone come back to is getting that extra year is so underappreciated of having an extra year of work just can make all the difference in the world there's a reason that these small schools are often you know all seniors because that experience is what drives them yeah you know obviously bigger programs if you have better skilled players it can make up for it but Um, having experience is incredible and having experience that only two teams ever have can really drive you to a whole new level. You know um, I think if Braden Smith and Fletcher lawyer take the leap into their sophomore year, this team is absolutely unprecedented and this is coming from last year where, you know, we didn't have the expectations of them or really anybody else coming into the season, not to the level that they showed. Um, If you can do that, you know, what else is there to say other than this team is probably one of the best built teams Matt Painter's ever had. That being said, we always say that this looks like a final four team or this doesn't. Unfortunately, we don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, no one knows. I mean, we we
1: really do, but we've never seen a Final Four team, so we just have to go by this team is better than an Elite Eight team. So it could go even further than a Final Four in theory. You know, We don't know the margin past the Elite Eight or the Sweet Sixteen. We can set a bar, but we're hoping that this team hops that bar and it, they look very poised to do so.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. And just to give you an idea of kind of where the fan base is and mm-hmm. uh, what they're expecting, so uh, over on Hammer and Rails, we obviously we put out a bunch of content every week. Um, yep. So far, we've got, I believe, six stories um, about this upcoming game against Illinois. Uh, between those six stories, that includes about uh, roughly ten comments. Now, or, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. A little over twenty because the opening odds uh, story had nineteen themselves, but if you look at we <laughs> have we right now have two stories on uh, the first day of basketball practice. Between those two stories, we have 276 comments as of this recording. So that just tells you how excited everyone is to get back to basketball season for Purdue, regardless of the how last season ended. I think it just says this fan base is ready to get back out there, and it really is the epitome of that classic GIF that everybody uses from the office uh, of Michael Scott. You know, there is no question about it. I am ready to get hurt again that is that is purdue basketball fan uh fandom in a nutshell
1: yeah and it doesn't help that the uh football product compared to last season has gone down a little bit yeah so you're a little bit more ready for basketball that's
0: right that's right so um but, any, any final thoughts before we take our break and head
1: into purdue's game against illinois nope you use my michael scott quote so. okay
0: good good well uh I, I'm glad I could at least use it before you did because now I look even smarter.
1: Yeah. You, you know, quote me quoting you just exactly. like he quoted Gretzky.
0: Exactly. Um, so there you go, folks. That is a look ahead at Purdue basketball. We're going to take our break, come back, and take a look at Purdue versus Illinois this Saturday, 3.30, only on Peacock. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. and we are back. So, as promised, look ahead to Saturday's game against Illinois. Um, and as I said just before the break, this is a 3:30 kickoff. This is going to be broadcast only on Peacock. So, this will be produced first game on a streaming service. Uh, if I'm mm. if I'm correct, and it is exclusively on Peacock. So, this is not as if um, it's on Peacock and NBC. So, uh, for those listening, keep that in mind uh you may have to get a phone call from your parents or your grandparents uh about what is peacock, where is peacock, how do i get peacock um, you know mm-hmm. do you have a peacock login you could share with your grandpa or your dad um so you know keep that in mind because that call may come saturday at about 3:15 um so just have that information handy i know um i subscribed to peacock just before the season started because i knew i was going to need it uh, for both football and basketball, Ryan. What about you?
1: Uh, I have had it for a while. Um, we have Xfinity at my house, so we had it included for the longest time. And now I think once it went away or is going away, we have it. So, yeah, yeah, so um, it, the only I, problem is you can't TiVo the game now.
0: Yeah, but I assume – it. I think it just stays on there so you can watch it later.
1: Oh, even better. I okay. think,
0: yeah. Because I've I've glanced at like a Notre Dame game on there before um, when it first ah. started, and I believe you can choose like once you click on it, you can choose to start from the beginning or you can just watch it live. Um, gotcha. From Sidebar is.
1: is TiVo still a thing? I
0: don't know if TiVo is still a thing. I I would assume so, but like who's buying TiVo at this point?
1: Exactly. You my, can pause TV in real time. My
0: my oldest brother. Um, I bought a TiVo, like, right when they came out, and it was, like, the coolest thing, you know, when they had yep, it.
1: we had a TiVo. Um,
0: yep. And uh, the, the TiVo website's still active, Um and they sell now a a little, like, plug-into-your-TV um HDMI box kind of thing, like, tiny, like a oh. Chromecast size.
1: Okay, gotcha. So it okay. must,
0: must be just, like, that stuff now only. Grind
1: um, never stops.
0: Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, this this game is going to be on Peacock. I like. I was like you. I had it through my uh, Xfinity slash Comcast subscription uh, since it was launched. Since they're owned by the same folks, and then they decided to get rid of that, and now you only get it free if you've been a subscriber for like ten years or something. Um, so uh, yeah. since I am a subscriber, they gave me a discount, something like three bucks a month for a year. Uh, or something like that. So that's what I did. So I've got it all the way through this football season and the basketball season. But it's going to be an interesting experience because I've never sat down and watched an entire um, sporting event only via, you know, a, a streaming app like Peacock. Um, you know, we've done ESPN three or whatever for basketball games in the past, or the the Big Ten Network streaming service, but never a a football yeah. game. So it'll be interesting to see what happens.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. So. Illinois, I'll, I'll give you a, a brief primer of uh, who they are and what they look like right now, but Ryan, I want you to, to go through who we need to look out for. But um, So right now, Illinois, a bit of a struggle. Um, they're currently 2-2 yep. two and two on the year, and they don't exactly have uh, wins over impressive teams. So they um, have won the games they were supposed to win, and they lost the games where you would expect them to lose. So nothing too terribly unexpected uh from them going in record wise. They of course are the home were the home uh of our current head coach Ryan Walters. He was their defensive coordinator last year when they had the number 1 scoring defense in the country. Um so it, it's it's a little different this year they lost a lot of folks on both sides of the ball. Um their defense especially has been a a huge challenge for them. But, uh, Ryan, what, if anything, can you tell us about Illinois that we have not covered um, in the offseason? What have we learned during these first four games about Illinois?
1: Yeah, um, so we kind of touched in the um, original preview about their new incoming quarterback in Luke Altmaier, and it hasn't been the smoothest sailing for him. So he's got seven interceptions on the year. Oof. In four games, that's not great. No. I think I want to say he had four against Penn State. Um, he yes. he had a rough day against Penn yeah, State. Yeah,
0: and no touchdowns.
1: Right. So he's got four touchdowns and seven picks on the year to go with just under nine hundred yards of passing. So not the world beater you were hoping for, but um, he's he's a quarterback. You know, better than other quarterbacks in the nation, that's for sure. Um, And it's not like Illinois is really completely relying on their rushing game either this season. They have Reggie Love, who's got basically 250 yards on the ground in four games, so 60 yards a game. Their second back is Josh McCray. He's got 120 yards on the season. So compare that to what you had last year in um, Brown, it's not great. Right, right. So the offense has had its struggles.
0: Yeah, I mean, they lost a lot. I think everybody has been saying this week how closely of a mirror image these two teams are. Um, both of them had great years. Purdue and Illinois both had great years last year. Purdue, of course, made uh, made it to the Big Ten Championship game, won the West, whereas Illinois had the best scoring defense um, in the nation. And now they're both looking quite a bit different. They lost so much on both sides of the ball, whether it was to graduation or to the transfer portal. Um, so they're both trying a bit to rebuild in this season, and... I know fans and coaches alike really hate the term "rebuild." Um, they're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, we no one ever wants to say they rebuild. They always want to say they reload." Um, but yep, it, it it's just the fact of the matter. If you're unless you're a Michigan, a Ohio State, an Alabama, and even Alabama's struggling this year, um, you're you're mm-hmm. gonna have rebuilding years. You know, it, it's nearly impossible for a team like Purdue to truly stay up at their best every single year it's just not going to happen and it is unfortunate I think that it's happened for Ryan Walters in his first year at the helm Um, but having your coach leave and then take a bunch of your uh, recruits commitments and current players will really um, help escalate that problem and while Illinois didn't have that exact same problem you know they've still got Bert Brett Billy what's his name? His name is Brett, but we call him Bert. Which is just bizarre. I'll never understand that. Um, he he <laughs> that is like still there. Um, they did lose, you know, a bunch of guys to the NFL because they, they just had such a good season last year, especially on defense. But losing your top running back uh, is a huge blow as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And mind you, he was almost in line for, like, being in a heisman conversation too yeah so Um, just that's never fun um but as much as we thought that illinois would struggle on offense just because of what they lost they're still struggling very much on defense i mean i'm not so sure that everyone in Champaign expected the struggles they've had so far it makes sense you know, by what they lost to the NFL draft, and our head coach is their defensive coordinator. But uh, it's been it's been pretty pretty difficult. They have five sacks on the season. They Which have four takeaway.
0: Not good. Not good on either account yeah. there.
1: Right. So I mean, <laughs> and. Two of those five sacks are from by far their best player on defense in Jerzon Newton. Now, they call him Johnny Newton, and I didn't understand why. I, maybe he couldn't pronounce it correctly, but he kept sure. calling him Johnny Newton on the broadcast. So maybe that's what it goes by. But um, he is by far their best defensive player. He is probably going to go in the first round next season in the NFL draft. Because he came back for an extra season. So Illinois fans rejoice you got him back, but it's it's still just been an absolute struggle.
0: Yeah. And and they have not done well in the secondary, especially. Um, is that right?
1: Yes. So I mean, they do have three interceptions, so that's I mean
0: in four games plus. though. So
1: in four games. I mean it's nothing is going to be the same compared to where they were last year. Yeah. it's just not. But yeah, they're three takeaways, not too bad. Um, but when you give up twenty eight to Toledo, and you're you were down thirty four to seven to Kansas, thirty to seven to Penn State, there's clear issues there.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: I, there's no two ways around it. So, so, you, no, I just –
0: I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier. They, you know, they've struggled on defense, and we know that, and hopefully Purdue can find a way to take advantage of it. But I think for most Purdue fans, I, I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier I should have asked at the time. With Luke Altmaier um, as their quarterback, how good of a runner is he? Is he going to run all over us like uh, Syracuse did and like Wisconsin was able to? I mean – Can every quarterback just do that against us now? Is this going to be a problem for every game? What are we looking at with this guy on the ground?
1: Yeah, so um, he's got 146 rushing yards on the season. Um, So in between Aiden O'Connell and Garrett Schrader, (laughs) he leans more towards Garrett Schrader, I think. Okay. Um, He was actually the leading rusher for their first two games where he had 69 and 70 yards against Toledo and... Kansas.
0: Well, I don't love that information, Ryan.
1: Well, that being said, quick math, that's 139 yards. He has 146 on the season. Okay, that's fair. Sack yardage is a thing in this, however. Yes. But still, the majority of his rushing yards have not come in the last two weeks. So it might be a point where they actually want to protect their quarterback. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. But, you know. Something you might want to do.
0: Yeah. I, I really hope it is the case that they do not want him running. Not that I, you know, trust the Purdue secondary to go out there and make the plays and stop him from, from dominating through the <laughs> air. Um, but to me, the biggest problem with this Purdue defense right now is the ability to stop the quarterback from running. They just have not been able to do it. And if you can believe what you read about Altmeyer, it seems like he may not have the best arm, uh, doesn't have the best arm strength, might struggle with the deep throws, and that is truly where Purdue's secondary struggles the most is allowing those receivers open on deep deep balls and allowing guys behind them. So if they have a quarterback who can't necessarily run the best and who can't necessarily throw the deep ball uh, as well as they would like, I think that gives me a little bit of hope that the Purdue defense can find a way to slow them down.
1: Yeah, yeah, and honestly, I don't think – that Ryan Walters is going to allow a quarterback to escape the pocket anymore. I just, I think he's going to put all of his eggs in one basket to stop running quarterbacks, just because that is where Purdue fans have absolutely blasted him so far. And rightfully so. But, you know, it's, it seems to be on a better trend. Tanner Mordecai didn't really do as much against Purdue as Garrett Schrader, but no one's really ever done as much as Garrett Schrader right. did.
0: Yeah. But uh, I, so I mean I, I the love the only
1: way to go is up.
0: I love your optimism. I am not on the same page as you, but I love it for you. And I hope you're right. Okay. I'm always rooting I'm always rooting for Purdue. You know, I would come on here and be wrong every week. If it turns out that I was wrong and Purdue did well, Purdue did better than I thought. I will take that every week. Um, But as far as being able to stop the quarterback and scheming a way to stop the quarterback, I'm not sure I'm entirely sold on Purdue being able to do that at this point. But again, would love to see it. Would love to see it. Right.
1: My my biggest hope is that Purdue can dial up pressure this week. It seemed to help them against Wisconsin in the second half last week. And, um, you know, they got no pressure with four four men rush last week. So as soon as they started sending five and six and upwards of eight people, um, pressure got to the quarterback, and it, it seemed to help a lot. Now, um, that being said, I do not think the... Illinois' offensive line is as effective as Wisconsin's. Illinois has led up uh, 15 sacks so far on the season, so four a game, pretty much. That's encouraging yeah, for that's very good. Nick Scorton and Kydrin Jenkins. So if those two can wreak havoc. That is going to be helpful. But again, they have to not wreak so much havoc so that <laughs> Right, Meyer can find a lane and run for twelve yards down the field. Yeah, seven times in a row. So,
0: yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's a fine line. It's a fine line for the Purdue defensive line. Um, you know, they got to keep mm-hmm. the quarterback contained, but they've also got to pressure him. They've also got to get to him, and they've got to finish plays. Um, Purdue right. has has gotten to the quarterback quite a bit. And they honestly, the last two games even, they did a great job of getting in the backfield and getting to the quarterback, but could not wrap him up, could not bring him down. And ultimately, you know, it doesn't matter if you get back there and the guy scrambles for 10 yards and gets first down. um, The result is the same whether you got back there or not. So if they get back there, they've got to finish the plays, and that's what would, would make a huge difference for Purdue and could, you know, in theory, turn this game.
1: Yep, got to be disciplined. And speaking of discipline, I've got some penalty numbers. Okay. So, Illinois on the season has 28 penalties. Okay, so seven a game? Yep. Purdue has 29. Okay.
0: So, I I was going to ask, but you of course read my mind, because I have considered so far this year Purdue to be a very undisciplined team penalty-wise. Yeah. You know... And now that I'm sitting here and thinking of it, I feel like seven penalties per game is a lot. Um, yes. that That is a lot to get in one game. So it could be, could be a highly penalized game uh, coming up Saturday. I, I'm not sure if that favors one team or another. It sounds like we're both prone to penalties. So whoever, I guess, gets the luck uh, of not being seen by the officials is... is-
1: Yeah, and whoever can get those penalties in uh, non-key situations so that the penalties don't derail drives or negate 24-yard rushes. Very specific. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it it was a killer a couple times last week. Yeah, it really was. It really was. Can't have that. So I've also got some third-down numbers.
0: Oh, God. One of the Purdue defense's Achilles heels right there, third-down. Yes.
1: Um, it's not exactly that much better for Illinois. So they have allowed twenty nine of sixty three on defense on third down. Okay.
0: So almost off, almost fifty percent.
1: Correct. Now that being said, Purdue is allowed thirty two of fifty
0: nine. Oh my gosh. Over fifty percent.
1: Mm-hmm. On offense, Illinois is seventeen of forty five. Not good. Yeah, so in the mid-30%, and Purdue is 23 of 56, which is like 45%. Okay. So if uh, trends stay as they are, Purdue should be getting off the field a little bit more often than they have been allowing. So I don't know if that's encouraging or not. I think it's a little encouraging, yeah. But, I mean, obviously things change. Sometimes you allow a team to go eight of eight to start a game, right. and their numbers change real quick.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look at just uh, after that eight of eight start, Purdue did a decent job on third down against Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, but it, when you spot them in eight out of their first eight, it's hard to really recover from that, just at least, you know, from a percent uh, standpoint.
1: Right, right. So, yeah. So, uh um, lastly, I have some special teams. Numbers. Okay, we love special teams. Let's do it. All right. So their kicker, Mr. Caleb Griffin, he has kicked the ball 11 times this year. Okay. Three field goals, he's made two of them, and eight extra points, he's made seven of them. Oh, not great. No, not great and not that much for four games. Yeah. So, and there's he is their only kicker to kick the ball so far so illinois is just not kicking it but then again when you're down 34 to seven to kansas they went for two each time yeah same with against uh penn state i believe
0: yeah i mean you gotta get points gotta get points
1: yeah exactly so um i you really don't know what to make of those numbers all the time he's not bad he just hasn't kicked that much
0: yeah yeah, hasn't really been so, given an opportunity. It, he, You know, he could kick 10 more this year and only have that one miss. You just never know. Not a, not a huge right. sample size yet.
1: Yep. And their punter has punted 17 times for an average of 43.4. That's a pretty good pretty good average. Yeah. I will say that's about the same for Jack Ansel. Okay. So, I mean, it's Big Ten punting. Even your average punters are still... Kicking the ball, yeah, yeah. Well. Big life, big stage, big legs, Big Ten. Yes, absolutely. So I do have a sicko's punt game. Okay. Um, now I, I yeah. have I have been to Champagne. Uh,
0: I know the uh-huh. game is I know the game is in Rossade, but um, this game we generally go from their stadium. So I've been to Champagne. Uh, I've been to a football game at their stadium, and I've been to a concert at their basketball stadium. And okay. I, I'll, just a quick story: When we went to the the um, concert, it was Foo Fighters and Weezer at uh, Champagne, or yeah, in Champagne at Assembly Hall. There, and mm-hmm. we we were walking to the arena, and there was just like a trophy room open. And me and my brother and our friend Kramer uh, just like took pictures with these random trophies that were just sitting uh, around the Illinois sports <laughs> facilities. And if, oh. if we were people who had lesser morals, we would own those trophies. Um, but fortunately for Illinois, we did not take them with us. So... Uh, was
1: one of those trophies the can- cannon?
0: No, it was not. If, if it was the cannon, I would have considered taking it. Um, <laughs> just because that that is part of a rivalry. You leave the, the trophy unattended, someone's going to grab it. But uh, I did not do that, no.
1: Okay, so... Props on you for being a morally high-standing citizen. Yeah, I would
0: have had to. I would have had to disclose that in my character and fitness uh, for the bar exam.
1: Ah, right, right, okay. Oh, all right. So you've been to Champagne? I have. This is their kicker kicking at a forty-three point four yard clip. Okay. He would have to kick the ball five thousand one hundred and ten times. Which is actually really short from what we've been doing. I was gonna
0: say five, so five thousand one hundred and ten punts. Yes. Okay, so that's okay. Go ahead.
1: It's less than two hundred miles. Yeah, I was gonna say it's
0: about one hundred and forty miles.
1: Uh, one twenty.
0: Okay. Huh. I mean, for doing that in my head, that was not bad. Hey, that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Is it literally from their stadium to Rossade? No. Oh, cuz I know that's pretty close. Close. Though. Very close. Yeah. Uh the opposite the opposite
1: direction uh to the beef house. The beef house. Nope, not quite. Okay, I don't know. It is you mentioned it earlier. Oh, no. It is the Soldier Field. Oh, okay. All right. Home of former Illinois head coach Lovey Smith and a terrible football team. Yeah.
0: Uh hey, Lovey Smith also former Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach.
1: There we go. So see, I made it relevant. You did. You did. Yeah, I was it's like
0: I was like it had to have been somewhere I mean that was just such a short distance. I couldn't imagine where um, Yes. Yeah. Also
1: one of like the forty um stadiums in the country that's called Memorial Stadium.
0: Yeah, it's such a bland
1: Yeah. I I can't really say anything. The Bears play in soldier soldier field. Yeah. I yeah. think its official name is Soldier Field Memorial Stadium.
0: That's just, something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's not great. Not great. So, um, all right. So, we have come to the part of the podcast where we go on the record. Um, just la- reminder yep. of last week: you picked a Purdue victory, I picked a Purdue loss. So n- I am now uh, two and two on the season. You are one and three. Uh,
1: yep. So <laughs> same record as Purdue. That's right.
0: Um, so I will let you go first. What's your score and who you got?
1: Ugh. I've got Purdue because I am who I am. That's I am fair. a homer. So um, I will go ugh, 27-23.
0: Okay. All right. I See, I've been conflicted about this all day as I knew we were going to record, so I was trying to think of which way I wanted to go. I read... The articles that Drew and Garrett wrote about the Illinois offense, the Illinois defense, I took a look at what they've done this season, and they really have just not been impressive. Um, right? They've not looked anything like the team that we saw last year. Which Purdue, you know, Purdue won last year, but again, Purdue doesn't look like they did last year. So <laughs> you just you don't know which team is going to be able to put it together because I don't think either of these teams have truly shown what they can be. I think the Purdue offense probably has more talent on it right now uh than the Illinois offense. I yeah, think I if think the that's fair. I think if the Illinois secondary struggles as much as they have recently, Hudson Card can carve them up, and that is why I am picking Purdue, but I'm picking a lower scoring game um than most and a little bit lower than yours, uh but not too terribly much. I'm going Purdue twenty four to twenty one.
1: Okay. Okay, so neither of us have them covering.
0: Uh, I think it's – no, we do. We
1: do because right now it's – right, I'm sorry, not covering. the. We both have the under.
0: Yeah, uh, I think – what was it? What was it, 50-something?
1: 53-and-a-half. Yeah, so, so I I'm have taking, them I'm, hitting the under by two.
0: Yeah, I'm taking the under at 45 uh, right now. Yeah. So, yeah, I just – but again, I, I just – I can't get a feel for this Purdue team. They're either going to score, you know, 7 or 40. I just I, – I have no idea. Um, they're an enigma to put so far.
1: Yeah. If they can put it together for four quarters in a row, this team can be a nightmare for defenses. Yeah. They've only had a solid, what, two quarters this season? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Fresno State game was probably their most balanced game, um, but that's... Yeah, and... mm,
0: and it was a shame that the Virginia Tech game was, you know, paused when it was because Purdue really right. looked good. Their first two drives um, stopped in the middle of that second drive, and you know maybe they had something cooking there. Maybe it would have been a lot different um, outcome on the offensive end. But you know, you you get a six and a half whatever hour delay, come back, you still win the game. So all it, it doesn't matter, all is forgiven. But I think they would have been able to maybe put something a little, a uh, little bit together offensively and maybe that would have changed kind of the tenor of the season, but who knows. Uh, we, we, yeah. we can't go back in time and change it. So there we go. Yep. Ryan and I both picking a win, surprising, uh, but this does prevent him uh, from catching me in our little competition here. So that is oh. good. I will take that. But, you know, again, I, I'm always here. Even if I pick against Purdue, I'm always rooting for Purdue, and I would be gladly wrong. But this week picked Purdue, so I'm hoping to be right. Ryan, any final thoughts on Illinois?
1: Um, I actually have one more shout-out okay. to give, and it's honestly to Purdue fans. I know Purdue has yet to win at home this season, and they will look to do so for the first time for homecoming for a trophy game under Ryan Walters this year, and like the crowds that have come for the first three games have been incredible. It's nearly a sellout each and every game, and they haven't looked incredible at home we understand the defense is working on it but that doesn't stop purdue from showing out and shout out to purdue fans everywhere
0: yeah i think that's a great point the crowds have been really really good really energetic um and i believe at least one of the games has been a sellout and i believe this one against illinois is very very close i think they said uh today there were less than 100 tickets available um Okay. so it very well could be sold out by now because that was this afternoon so uh kudos to purdue fans and hopefully that just shows that this choice to invest more in the football program really will pay dividends in the future so uh hope mm-hmm. to see you all saturday for those of us watching remember nothing but peacock on saturday so uh really looking forward to seeing how that goes for ryan and myself
1: boiler up hammer down